This is your Chargers linebacker, Dan Henley, and you're tuning in with Chargers Unleashed. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jay Kepner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by Bet Online, Aura Athletic Greens, and Rock Solid Sports Memorabilia. If this is your first time tuning in the show, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, it is good to see your face again, sir. Took a little bit of a vacation over the 4th of July weekend. Had a little bit of an extended weekend, which was very, very nice. Wanted just to say a quick thank you to Ryan Dyrud filling in last Wednesday with you on the show. Really appreciated that. And Dan, it's always, whenever we take these vacations, I feel like I haven't spoken or talked to you in... I know it's been a week since we've done this, but it feels like I haven't spoken to you in a month. And maybe that's just a culmination of this being still now July, still as we're just creeping up towards the beginning of training camp, just you know, inching ever closer, hoping to get to July 26th. But what the hell, man? It's good to see your face. Good to talk to you. We're back with a very interesting topic today. I'm really excited to get into it. Yes. Uh, welcome back to Chargers Unleashed. Uh, Jake, welcome back from vacation. Everybody, I hope you had a great 4th of July uh, Independence Day was fun. I was stuck in traffic for about two hours getting home uh, last night from 4th of July festivities. Fun episode today. Uh, we get to go into... You know, there's a whole bunch of things that have Chargers fans excited. But I like there how are, you let it with that. But there are, <laughs> there are many things. That. And as a Chargers fan, Jake, you, myself, avid fans who have been around the block for a bit, uh, there are things that you can just expect. Tale as old as time that have plagued this team for recent years. We could probably extrapolate that to long ago. Um, so we're going to kind of get into the things that must change this year. Things that have plagued this team for years past that has costed this team countless victories. And we hope to see be resolved this year. So we got four categories of them to go over. Have you ever Googled yourself and were shocked to see your personal information exposed on one of those public listing sites? <gasps> Data brokers are making a fortune selling your information to robocallers, spammers, and others who want to learn more about you, like where you live. We've been trying to reach you concerning your car's extended warranty. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Aura. Aura can identify data brokers exposing your info and submit opt-out requests on your behalf. And brokers everywhere are legally required to remove your info if you ask them to, but they make it super hard to do. So let Aura handle that for you. You could try Aura for up to two weeks using this link that we're going to put up here on the screen. Aura also does so much more to protect you and your family from online threats that you cannot see. So make sure to check out Aura.com backslash Chargers Unleashed to get a 14-day free trial and see if your personal information has been leaked online. Uh, we're going to talk about the run game on offense and defense, talk about the second half offense or lack thereof. Uh, we're talking about red zone here for a bit, and then we've all heard this buzzword, explosiveness again, or lack thereof on offense. Heavy data-driven approach on this one, so be on the lookout for some numbers here. Uh, so what needs to change is the topic of conversation. Jake, before we get into that, um, I'll kind of lead this one off. So over-under, number of teams that scored more than the Chargers in the first half last year. I'll set the line at... For folks listening, watching, I'll set the line at seven and a half. 
over or under seven and a half teams that scored more than the Chargers in, the in 2022 half. in the first half? I mean, I, I know the answer, which may actually surprise some people as far as the first half goes. So don't so don't say it. Folks who are listening, over under. And why are we doing that, Jake? Let's it's under. Oh, you just you let it out of the bag. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> Jake, before we go further, let's talk about our friends over at Bet. He's like, yeah, that's over. <laughs> no. Is it over? I thought You're it was wrong. under. It's all oh, oh, well, I think it's over. It's under. Yes, it's under. It's it's under. Yes. Wow, we're off to a great start here on Charles. Fantastic Jake, start. Get me off the mic. Go ahead and talk about our friends over at Bet Online. See, this is what happens when you don't do a show for over a week. You kind of lose these little nuances here. But one thing that we have not lost is Bet Online. Want to remind you guys, it remains your number one source for all of your sport betting needs this season. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your uh, favorite sports, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your very own home. All you got to do to get into the action. Go on over to betonline.ag today and use your mobile device to join. Be sure to use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. So, Jake, let's start this one off by uh, something that we've all heard about. And we don't have to keep burying this team and the 2022 performance. But we need to talk about what has to change yep. with this running game, both on offense and on defense. And you can give excuses. You can give rationale behind why it happened, at least on offense. You can't really on defense. You just can't. No matter what was the case, this rush defense was terrible Mm. last year. And it honestly hasn't been great for a while. Uh, This has to change. Uh, Jake, I will let you go first on this one. Why must the rush defense... Change before we get to the offense. I mean, my God, dude, this this obviously will translate into a lot of the other categories that we have, and you know, reasons why some of these stats just are so misleading for the Chargers when you're looking at it between the offense and the defense. As far as to say, like, why, why was, why, why do we have so many issues last year in certain categories? The run defense just gets me, Dan. I just don't understand it. And and this was before this team essentially lost five interior defensive linemen, whether we're talking by injury or by, you know, organizational release, whatever you want to call it. This team had issues early on in this season and we saw it. It almost felt like on a weekly basis, it was that 40 yard rip from opposing running backs to say like, Oh, there it is. Okay. Well, that box has been checked for the game and the running game didn't really get that much better. So the chargers ended up yielding, here we go. Here, especially when you talk about the total rushing yards, outside of just doing it yards per game, two thousand four hundred and seventy-eight rushing yards throughout the duration of the twenty twenty-two NFL season, which comes out to one hundred and forty-five rushing yards per game. <laughs> I, you're, I don't, I don't care how good your offense is if your defense is going to be allowing those type of opposing offenses to just run down your throat 144 points 144 yards per game that's 27th in the nfl teams like the giants the lions the bears and the texans are the company you keep that's that's basically it dan and (laughs) and let alone you know 
it's, it still is a, it is a damn miracle. Thank God for the offense. And regardless of what we want to say about the offense in general for last year, they were what kept the Chargers alive and ultimately got them at their first playoff berth under the Brandon Staley regime. But it's, still... It's, asterisk, first half offense, which we'll get to here in a bit. Yeah, first that, half offense. That'll be explained big time. So, And that's why I was kind of preferenced by saying, it's like, regardless of what you want to say about the offense, we'll tell you a little bit about it here in a second. But Dan, you can't sustain playoff games like this. It's amazing that the Chargers made the playoffs with a, as bad of a run defense as that was. But... It, it's for what the Chargers need to do this season. And if their goal is to ultimately end up making a push in the playoffs, we're talking about winning a game and possibly even stringing a few together, not just make the playoffs. We saw that last year. We saw what they're capable of doing it later, late in the season. This team showed a lot of resiliency, but when it gets down to the playoffs in general, running in the ball and stopping the run are two huge, crucial factors that are very big things in terms of separating a team that wins and a team that loses games. So this stat has to be improved, Dan. And you would think from the standpoint of how much we've harped on it, how much coverage has been around it going all the way back into early last season. Sebastian Joseph Day has already addressed this. We had Chris Rumpf on here last year addressing it. And he was very candid about how he personally felt about this team's run defense. It sucked, quote unquote. <laughs> it's that, that, that has been beaten like a dead horse, essentially, that narrative. So 5.4 yards per game. Again, we talked about it worse than the ugh. NFL. Excuse me, 5.4 yards per attempt. I wish it was ugh. per game. So you, would hope it, you, know, that... also, you know, it's also interesting. And I found this, you know, Matt Money Smith had an interesting discussion about this uh, last week on Charges Weekly. And he talked about how like teams A knew the run defense was bad and B ran it a bunch against the team. And I was looking at some statistics, and one of them I saw was percentage of opponents' yards accumulated via rushing. <laughs> now, Jake, there there are teams like you know, Tennessee Titans, the 49ers, the Ravens, Cincinnati, Minnesota, where they're giving up the rushing defense percentages so in terms of all total yards percent of those of those yards rushing were in like the low twenties to low thirties roughly. So easy math. Let's say they give up a hundred yards total. Tennessee gave up 21.8% yards on the ground for every 80 ish yards in the air. The chargers are up again, company you keep with the Gosh. Texans the Bears, the Packers, the Saints, Cleveland, the Giants. Chargers were sixth most rushing yard percentage allowed, almost 42%. So why, why not only were the Chargers terrible the when you're running it that good against this. When you're running it, when you're giving up that many yards per clip and you're giving up that much percentage of your opponent's offense to rushing attempts. That's what gets you to like the awful times where you're just, your team just runs out of gas. Mm -hmm. You can't sustain that. Like you said, and then you flip that. How do you want to start with a rushing offense? <sighs> this is a, this is, this is maybe the first stat of this show that really doesn't make any sense because when you look what Austin Eckler did under the circumstances, it's like it's fantastic for him. 
you know, once again, you had him on your fantasy team, you're doing just great. Him, Christian McCaffrey, top guys as far as running running back scoring last year. But <laughs> Dan, I don't I don't know how you can like properly extrapolate this. When it comes down to the the rushing attack, I mean when you look at this, if we were just to go simply off of rushing yards per game for this team. <laughs> not good. It, it, it's 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 not good. Third worst. <sighs> and how did Austin Eckler put up these damn numbers? I don't know. I I, I don't know how this happened because it was just Austin Eckler putting up numbers. And even those rushing wise, I mean, they weren't great. All purpose, totally. If you combine right. that and receiving, sure. Eighty-eight point four yards per game total. Total. From this rushing offense in 2022. It's just vomit, dude. That is just something that has to improve. Now, obviously, there was probably a lot to do with that. You take Rashawn Slater out of this offense. That's obviously going to kick the running game down dramatically. Shifts in the offensive line between whether Corey Lindsley or Trey Pipkins. there, There was a lot of rotation along this offensive line. But it just... It, it felt like, again, to me, that the Chargers wanted to stay still committed to the run as much as possible, even though it wasn't working. It was just such a bummer to see whether it was holes closed so quickly or the Chargers would make an attempt on a first down run and it would go absolutely nowhere. And then my favorite is when you literally are in second and 10 and we're talking like this is week 14 now. This is not week one. And you still choose to run the ball again. So you know your run offense is porous. You're trying to make it better, but it still just is not getting you anywhere. The, the, the best rushing game, arguably, that the Chargers had, Dan, was against the Rams last year in that blowout win. That was, was that 70-yard Eckler run? Yes. That was arguably the best rushing game that they <laughs> because had. Because he had one rush for 70 yards. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But statistically, that just it made it look that way. And I, and I think it's important to point out like they were, when I say fourth worst with 80 something yards per game, they were fifth worst in terms of attempts, fifth fewest rushing attempts in the NFL last year. So they weren't rushing well. They weren't rushing much, just 23.7 yards per attempt. They were third worst in yards per rush attempt. So 3.7 yards per attempt. They were third worst in yards per game. 88.4. And then they were fifth worst in rushing attempts per game. And then if you look at rushing play percentage, so percentage of this Chargers offense going to rush attempts, second fewest in the NFL behind only Tampa Bay at 34%. So 65% of their offense was passing. But it had to be. It had to be. But okay. Why? But I, I, I think the part that makes this bad for the offense was when you're already pass heavy at 65%-ish, mm-hmm. the fact that your running game at only 35% is still that bad, like, that's not sustainable. Like, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with, like, the rush defense. Like, if you can't rush and keep clock on your side, give Correct. your defense a breather, your defense is going to be huffing the entire time. 
how, I mean, then this will touch on a point here in a second when we're talking about the second half performance of this team, but how many times does the Chargers have to play catch up once again last year? So in some circumstances, you had to abandon the run. And yeah, you had to go full-blown pass just to even try to get victories last year. So it, I, I know it looks good to see Justin Herbert play Superman. And all of those moments are exciting. And statistically, it looks great. And highlights look great for him. But this is where Kellen Moore is going to be, I think, so important to this team. Is to bring a balance, but also bring a balance that's going to ultimately yield results and be productive. Dan, I, I went back and I looked at not just last year of what he did in Dallas. You go back to 2021, what he did with Dallas, when that was the number one scoring offense in the league. And you look at what they did statistically from a passing offense and a rushing offense, they were extremely balanced. And if you could get a semblance of that to work with this team, specifically in the running offense, whew, I, I would I would assume it's it's really hard to say that the Chargers are going to be at this same spot, if not worse, give me the as 60, what they were. Give me the like 60-40. Hell, it, tell, tell me that you're going to raise, elevate this stat, at least to the middle of the pack. Hell, I'll take that. 60, so just for reference, if they get to 60-40, 60% pass, 40% rushing, that's up there with the likes of the, the Chiefs, 38% rushing. Dolphins, 38% rushing. Buffalo, 40, for almost 41. Jacksonville, almost 41. Seattle, almost 41. Like, good company. Hell, get it to where Detroit was last year. With as much as Detroit was slinging the ball around with Jared Goff, they were still one of the better rushing offenses in the league last year in terms of yards per game. I would say that that would be an attainable goal. And they rushed 44% of the time. So they were very well balanced. And Jake, I, th- I think that the problem with his rushing offense, I don't necessarily know if it's, it's not necessarily the lack of attempts. I think it's the lack of production, which I mean, I would like to see more attempts, but I get why they're not attempting more when the production sucks. But Austin Eckler, like it's one thing if you've got Derrick Henry, who's getting, you know, 1600 yards rushing. And then the guy behind him is getting, you know, 250, whatever, as kind of the backup guy. But when your lead back is getting 915 yards rushing on 204 attempts, that's when you're needing... Do you remember back in the day with the Panthers? It was Jonathan Stewart and who's the other running back? Uh, D'Angelo Williams. Williams. Yes. Two-headed monster. And that was like the definition of two-headed monster. Like both those guys were going to town and you were getting like, what, 15, 1600 yards easy by those guys? 915 yards by Austin Eckler, 287 for Josh Kelly, Justin Herbert, your third leading rusher, 147 <laughs> yards, Sony Michelle, 106 yards, Isaiah Spiller, 41 yards, Larry Roundtree, 19 yards. Let's throw in Xander Horvath there for eight yards. Keenan Allen had eight yards. I guess we could say one guarantee that we know that will 100% improve is that Isaiah Spiller will have more than 40 yards rushing this season. Well, it, you know, the crazy part, you know, what's interesting is everybody talked about, like, they want to see Justin Herbert scramble and get out in the pocket more and, like, use his mobility. And, like, 
if you had no, if you just had your blinders on and said Justin Herbert's the third leading rusher on this team, people would be like, no way. Like that goes to show how bad the rushing team, how bad the rushing offense was when you had Justin Herbert with broken ribs and cartilage and stuff, not running. Let's <laughs> be real. He wasn't running. No. As your third leading rusher. Like you can't do that. It, ha- it has to change. And I think this is one that if I had to put money on one of these, that is going to change. There's one more in here. I think that I'm probably more bullish on. I think the rush offense is going to get better. I, I, I have, I'm pretty confident in that happening this year. Run defense and run offense, like the the run defense. Like I got questions. There's nothing that leads me to believe they're going to be better, other than faith and health. Really, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns as it relates to the run defense because while you are getting some guys back from injury and Tito and Austin Johnson, hopefully everything goes well with their recovery as we get towards training camp. It's also reloaded with a number of guys that are kind of unknown, but I would say that they are somewhat deeper. So, cause the competition I think is going to be a hell of a lot fiercer for those interior defensive guys. Eric Hendricks, I think is obviously going to help in that circumstance as well. So you'd hope just collectively they, they know that they have to get better in that. So whether, as you're saying, Dan, by faith or health or whatever the hell it is, just as a mentality, again, if I'm the defensive coordinator of this team, first thing I put up on the board is this is what we're going to emphasize that <laughs> we're getting better. Yeah. Like, and, no and like I, I, I say faith and I say faith and health, like at least on offense, you got a whole new scheme. You got a guy who's proven success. Like you got someone who's coming in here and changing things on defense other than health and adding what Gerard Clark. Nick Williams, Scott Batlock, all like very deep depth pieces. Sure. The only thing that's changed, the only thing that changed is people are coming back healthy. And some of them aren't healthy yet. Austin Johnson and Tito are still rehabbing. Right. (laughs) So cool. Cool, 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 cool. Okay. So uh, Jake, next. A lot of emphasis has been talked about the third quarter offense, which has been atrocious. Has been atrocious. I would argue it's not just the third quarter. I think it's the second half in total. And, I, and I'll give stats here to back this up, but take the second half offense on the team sucked. First half was pretty darn good, honestly. You go back and look at it, and then for whatever reason... These stats are disgusting. This hurt. So just to put in context, Jake, so first half points per game. Do you know the Chargers... We talked about the over-under earlier in the show. There were only three NFL teams that had more points per game in the first half than the Chargers. The Eagles at 18.5, the Chiefs at 15.5, and the Bills at 15.3. Right after that, you got the Chargers at 15.2, got the Bengals 13.9, Dolphins 13.6, the Niners 13.6, all of those teams, aside maybe from Miami because of the injury issue, but all of those teams, wagons, Philly, Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Niners, Chargers are fourth best first half points per game. Second half points per game, Jake. Eight. Eight. <laughs> They go from 15.2 to 8. Now, 
The company you keep, theme here. Second half points per game allowed. They are with teams like the Bears, the Texans, the Colts, the Broncos, My the God. Steelers, the Rams, the Titans. The disgusting the here. And, and like the Chiefs, just for reference, we talked about them being juggernauts. Third best second half points per team, points per game. The Bills, seventh best. Niners, ninth. Bengals, tenth. They don't go from fourth to 28th? Explain that to me. What really hurts about that stat, Dan, is those teams that you just rattled off a second ago. Because you connect those teams to the quarterbacks that are playing for those teams. And to lump in Justin Herbert with that group, it just almost feels like sacrilege. I don't want to touch like that. It, it shouldn't happen. Like, what Twilight Zone episode are we living in right now, listening to that? I remember the, the drought that this team had before they ultimately ended up scoring a second-half touchdown. I think it was actually that Rams game that they finally did it. And it, it felt like for the longest time, like the Chargers hadn't scored a second-half touchdown since, you know, Nixon had been, had been president. It literally felt like that long, and it felt like a huge celebration when they finally just got that monkey off their shoulder. But <laughs> it's just like, how, how, how do you have a stat like that consistent for so many weeks that is just so volatile when it comes to the difference between winning and losing games? How do you go from being that efficient and being able to put points up on the board in the first half like that to then just absolutely nosediving. I said third quarter, fourth quarter. Third quarter, we talked about how abysmal they were. 2.9 points per third quarter. Again, 29th in the NFL. No one talks about the fourth quarter. They're 25th. I'm much better. So, not like, sure, better. they're marginally better, but, like, not much. Not much. Now... Again, so this all is kind of interesting that all of this kind of blends together because if your offense is not rushing, not able to sustain drives, your defense is tired, then your offense gets one dimensional when the defense gives up the lead, having them then pass. When your guys are injured <laughs> and you can't rush, what are you going to do? Now, some of that. A lot of that you can kind of account to coaching, can account to scheme, can account to injuries. Sure, people don't want to talk about this, but at some point, and you kind of you kind of tiptoed around it a little bit, and I might tiptoe a little bit closer to the water here. Go ahead. At some point, if your name is Justin Herbert. And you have these skills. And I understand he's hurt. And so that's like a big disclaimer here. I'm happy that you're saying this, by the way. But you can't let that happen. You cannot be a generational quarterback with a team on your back and give up 25th least, fourth worst points per game in the third or fourth quarter. that's, That's half the game. And then to make it to make it crazier is you can't go from being fourth best in the first half to being that bad in the second half and say, oh, well, it's because he's hurt. 
No. It, it doesn't work that way. He was hurt no. in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, yes, yeah, some of that, you know, you, Jake, we've talked about it for weeks, talked about, like, you know, I wish this team would step on the throat. I wish they'd be more explosive. We'll talk about that. I wish this team would be able to, like, sustain drives. I wish we'd be getting more creative. At some point, though, it's the same team. And to go that, to be that hot and cold over the entire season, from first half to second half, that to me, I think, is the biggest red flag and the biggest, like, that's why Lombardi's not here anymore. Now, is it fair to put all of the blame on him? No, I don't think it is. But, like, if there's a reason, if there's a nail in the coffin, Coach, explain to me how we are one of the best five in the NFL in the first half, worst five in the second half. Make it make sense. So that's the second half offense has to change. Has to change. Now, Jake, you're going to have some fun with this one. I'm very excited about this particular stat. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the trees. Okay. Kellen Moore talked about like having to throw it to a different... What was it? Different airspace? Jet stream. Said. Jet, jet stream. stream. There we go. Yes. Uh, Chargers have their own jet stream with the guys on this team. And that was even further extrapolated when you have Quentin Johnston added to this team. Jake, let's talk about the red zone offense. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> Where do we start? How it wasn't good, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> maybe this goes hand in hand, Dan, with what the stats you just said about why Joe Lombardi is not here anymore. Because now you bring in the offensive coordinator who led the team that had the highest red zone percentage in terms of scoring touchdowns goes last season with the Dallas Cowboys, that being Kellen Moore. But Dan, okay, so just off the top of your head, you can probably go through this. You can probably say, okay, we know Kansas City is going to be top in there as far as those stats goes. Philly, obviously. Detroit was an air raid show last year in terms of how they performed. They look great. Cincinnati, obviously. Buffalo, yes. Dan, listen to some of these teams that were better in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns than the Chargers with Justin Herbert. Let me emphasize that once again. No. Atlanta had a better percentage than the Chargers in the red zone. The Rams, who had quarterback problems the entire year, were better than the Chargers in the red zone in terms of scoring touchdowns. Denver, for as much heat as Russell Wilson took last year and how much, I guess, the laughing stock in terms of expectations goes, they were better in terms of a red zone offense than the Chargers were. Chicago. Chicago with their lack thereof of weapons that you you would want to say for Justin Fields that they had, they were a better red zone offense. Carolina, Arizona, they were better in terms of red zone percentage and scoring touchdowns than the Chargers were. The Chargers were 18th in the league with 54% in the red zone. Why is this... 54%, what was 54%? 54% in terms of scoring touchdowns. Okay. They were 18th in the league, which is right around the same place that Jacksonville was, Cleveland, New Orleans, teams like that. That is, as you like to say, the company that the Chargers were keeping in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. How, when you have Justin Herbert, does this happen? But Jake, what's the weird part 
is on that red zone. Get the fifth most red zone scoring attempts per game. That's where this just reads like a damn Rubik's Cube. This doesn't make any sense. Fifth most attempts, 18th in scoring percentage. And and you come away with that type of a touchdown percentage. That is horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. So you'd have to believe that Kellen Moore is going to get this team above 54% in the red zone. With the weapons that Justin Herbert has, with the patiently waiting that this Chargers fan base has been waiting for to see the usage of two tight ends, namely Gerald Everett and Donald Parham, used properly in the red zone this year. Take advantage of that. Uh Red zone scoring scoring attempts, the fact that they're fifth best in that, but in total points per game, they're 12th. And this is the interesting, and this is this actually perfectly blends into the lack of explosiveness. If you have the top five, if you're the top five of red zone attempts per game, and you're not scoring amongst the top of the league, that's basically telling me that you're not scoring from outside of the red zone, which clearly <laughs> the Chargers were not. It makes you wonder if the Chargers did not have either Dustin Hopkins or Cameron Dicker on this team last year. Could you imagine? Oh yeah, put, put two years ago. Oh my lord, that the Chargers' finishing record is going to be drastically different, and there is probably no playoffs for this team if it's not for a few of those kicks that they made and again, because they could, they couldn't score in the red zone. And again, and like and, and people and this. Like, there's a lot to this, right? Like, Rashawn Slater not being there obviously impacts the run game and impacts bootleg opportunities, impacts things that you can do on the outside, running-wise specifically, or even pass for that matter. But then even with all that, to to your point, how many attempts that they had. So it's like, regardless of all that, they they, they still got to the red zone. Yes. They just couldn't get into the party. But (laughs) But this is the issue, though. Like, you know, Donald Parham, one of the trees was out for a large part of that season. Mike Williams in and out and or not targeted. Justin Herbert for his size hurt. They're not going to risk that. Austin Eckler, I wouldn't say is really a red zone goal line running back. And we sure as hell know there wasn't hey, another one on the team. Hey, for fantasy, it didn't matter. He, he was <laughs> second consecutive year being that high in terms of points himself. Sure, he he figured it out. But like, like I've been saying, none of these stats make sense. But when you when you really just do a fifty foot view of this, it's a problem. Like, it's a huge problem when you have ten at the quarterback spot. And and, and I don't know. Like a part of me wants to just like take the twenty twenty two season and just like light it on fire because like there were so many anomalies in this one, which we've talked about a bunch of them. But like it just it doesn't make sense and. Like the the main like the things that make sense to me was like, all right, this team was hurt. Like that's not an excuse; it's just a fact. Like they were very much hurt last season and overcame all of that and still made the playoffs and still should have freaking won the playoff game if it wasn't for some catastrophic sadness. 
I'm just gonna gonna fuck, fuck you, that, PG. That, yeah, that was a very nice word to use. I thought you were going to totally go a different route. <laughs> kind of wish you would have gone the different route, but yeah, kudos no. to you for staying professional. Um, they overcame all of that. Still got 10 wins. So it, it it's hard to sit here and say, oh, I wish they were more... I wish they were more explosive last year. While, like, I agree with that on principle. Like, who to who? Like, could they have brought in John Hightower? Sure. Like, could they have brought in some other speed guys? Sure. But like, in reality, but I. But then you go back and say, even when those guys were in, were they really that explosive? Not really. So. I kind of just want, and maybe this is how the team takes it. Like, make this make sense. And also, never let this happen again. No. And then again, Kellen Moore, please, please help. Please, <laughs> please help. And I do think one thing that he is very much known for is creating mismatches. And that is something that this Chargers offense did not do, especially in the red zone. And now, you add a Quentin Johnston to this mix, which I think is a huge red zone threat. You add a Darius Davis, potentially, and Jalen Guyton. Not necessarily Jalen Guyton for red zone, but Darius Davis. Imagine him doing some jet of those sweeps. jet sweep and around Josh, Joe Ree, excuse me, Andre Roberts. The, the one that Joe Michael Reed Bandy, <laughs> Michael Bandy, that shouldn't have been doing it. Like, you know, like those types of plays, I don't think you're going to see the same style, but those types of plays you see from the Chiefs on the goal line, all those misdirection plays, I think you'll see a little wrinkle of that. Get me, just get me close. Get me some similar stats to what Dalton Schultz put up the last two years in that Dallas offense. By From who? From Everett? Whether it's from Everett or for, for Parham. And even if you'd want to just pigeonhole it to touchdowns. He was some tight end touchdowns. Him him and CD Lamb were huge last year when it came to scoring. That was a bulk of their scoring. You go back two years ago with Dallas, they actually spread the scoring opportunities around big time, which is what I would really hope for in terms of what he's I mean, for Kellen Moore's sake, this is probably the biggest cache of weapons that he has had the opportunity to coach. And back in the days when the Dallas Cowboys had Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson uh, CD Lamb, Dalton Schultz, all as offensive passing weapons, and I'm not even ta- I haven't even talked about it. What Ezekiel Elliott was to them in the passing game those those previous years as well. If you can replicate a season like that to where you can, I mean, Dan, just for context, all four of those guys that I named, they got 24 touchdowns between them th- that two years ago. Not bad when you talk about spreading the ball around. So no, if, if you could do that now, and especially if we're talking the red zone and with the tight ends, and as you said, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, getting that six to eight touchdown range for the season, I like that. Like the sound right. of that. Let, let's let's parlay this into, I think, what everyone's hoping for. And Chargers, social media team, pundits, critics, everybody, fans, Geico, Gecko is talking about this probably <laughs> at this point. Like, can we see some air under the ball? Like, I know he's got a laser. I know he can throw it on a rope. But, like, I'd rather see it being thrown on, like, a rainbow. Like, just nice arc. 50 yards would be nice to see every now and then. 
Maybe Quinn Johnson is on the receiving end. Darius Davis is underneath it. Keen out on the sideline for like a nice post route. Justin Herbert, maybe like doing a little bootleg action, throwing it down to Guyton for 60 yards against the Giants. Like, can we see something that is not just having to pull teeth painstakingly over and over and over again? Nine yard clips per pass play. Again, Jake, last year, yards per completion, Chargers, 26th in the NFL. Again, company you keep. They're with the Pittsburgh freaking Steelers. Daniel Jones, which who had an up year, still not great. The Rams, the Colts, and the Cardinals. That's who they're around. Then you look at the other side. Yards per completion, Miami. We all know about them. 12.2, number one. Then you got the Niners, the Bills, the Eagles, the Chiefs, and surprisingly, the Panthers. At twelve and eleven points or twelve and eleven yards per completion, you said it before. You cannot have Justin Herbert now healthy with these weapons, with this offensive line, with the lack of running game in its head. Only throw for nine yards per completion. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This, I, this sucks. Freaking talk. I, ugh. It, it, it's. I was I, prepared, I'm I'm prepared like, for this, but I'm still not like I was not expecting to feel this. Like I know because it, it it just brings you back to like, what the Chargers did or lack thereof in 2022, and it's like it's to your point. You know, this, this is kind of the joke that I made on the the Chargers chat episode where I'm like, 28 weeks later, just get us from January 14th, which was the Chargers' last playoff game, to July 26th, almost to the day. It's 28 weeks later. Let's just wipe our hands of it. Let's turn the page and let's exercise these demons and hope for a much better result. It just doesn't make any damn sense to me, Dan. And I get it. I think from Lombardi's standpoint, what he was doing, given some of the injuries that were taking place, specifically with Justin Herbert, you know, you go back to especially that Jacksonville game where you lost Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa and and Justin Herbert's coming off of that Thursday night game against the Chiefs where he was injured. And obviously he's not 100%. And he's just back there still getting tattooed because his offensive line cannot protect him. So I'm sure that he tailored this offense to, you know, be a little bit easier for Justin to navigate in terms of a pain threshold and what he could do physically. But still, I go back to my original point. Even despite all those injuries, how efficient was Justin Herbert, even still when he would be getting outside the pocket, running, bootleg, throwing the ball? I mean, he's shown that since his rookie season. He is lethal when he is outside the pocket for some of those explosive plays. Thankfully, we started to see him just a little bit more frequently as we got later in the year, and Herbert started to get a little bit healthier. But again, to my point, thought process is how are you game planning? You cannot pigeonhole yourself into this type of game plan when you don't have a defense that is supporting you. If the Chargers had a Philadelphia Eagles defense or a San Francisco 49ers defense, maybe that game plan could have worked. But when you're not scoring in the third quarter you're, or, the you're, or the fourth quarter, your red zone defense is, or excuse me, your red zone offense is just absolutely horrendous. You can't stick with this game plan and expect good winning results, that's going to catch up with you. So 
in this circumstance, Dan, and and again, here's another reason for optimism for Kellen Moore because oh, Dak Prescott, you. Dak Prescott, last year finished the season tied for fifth in big time throw rate. So, with Justin Herbert back healthy, with what we're assuming is those little adjustments in the mechanics to his throwing style, obviously adding Quentin Johnson to this offense. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back yet. Josh Palmer, I kind of feel like, is the forgotten guy. If you have Jalen Guyton still as your legitimate fastest guy still on this roster, your deep threat. And maybe you throw in Darius Davis a little bit as well. I can't fathom this not looking like just a completely different offense next year. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't I don't know how I... Like, talk about stats that really piss you off. You know, we talk about explosiveness and we talk about a lot of things on this episode is wrapping up. Jake, we talked about the rushing game and, you know, the rush offense and rush defense. Like, looking at just this stat alone, if you just take a magnifying glass to a rushing yards given up versus had, they rushed last year for 1,500 yards, 1,524, gave up almost 1,000 yards more than that. So they rushed for 1,524, gave up 2,478 rushing yards. Their rushing yards per attempt, 3.8. Mm. They gave up 5.4. Mm. They had 89.6 yards per game rushing, gave up 145.8 yards per game to opposing teams. That's not winning football. It's not yes, winning football. That's definitely losing football. <laughs> yeah. like, and looking at that, like that's why that's the Justin Herbert bump. If they didn't have Justin Herbert, like imagine what they would be doing if Daniel Jones was their quarterback. No, and no offense to Daniel Jones, but like, come on. So rushing offense and rushing defense. Second half offense, red zone. And explosiveness. These things have to change. Of these four, what is the least likely or the most at risk to not change? I kind of wrote it back to the first topic we talked about, Dan. Uh, with the run defense and the run, running up rushing offense, I, I feel very confidently that the rushing offense will improve, not just from coaching scheme, but from personnel as well. So I'm confident in that. You said the one big question mark is that rushing defense. So what is, what is Derek Ansley going to do to improve this? Because essentially, you still have your same starters. One in particular is coming back from injury. Yes, you've reloaded your depth pieces, which is good. So you have invested more in that. But all these investments as of today are still technically question marks. So what are you going to do to improve that? That one, that one, if it improves, it may not take a huge jump in improvement, I, which I hope to God I'm wrong on that. If you, can, if you can at least get that stat to middle of the pack, then I think <laughs> that what you're... Right, with what you should have on this offense should be able to balance it out and the Chargers should be able to be in a much better position to win more games because of it. Yeah, I, I would say 
you know, we have the running defense and offense kind of in the same category here. Um, so obviously I think the run defense is going to kind of skew that one down a bit. The red zone offense one, I think I'm less bullish on that than I am like the explosiveness we're going to see and the second half offense that we're going to see. I don't know what the red zone offense is going to look like because I think he's going to tailor it to this scheme. But I do think that at the end of the day, it's either going to be the rushing defense or the red zone offense that are the most likely, in my opinion, to not improve. Again, we hope they all improve. But the best chance to not is probably those. Um, Jake, we got through it. The more and more we dove through those stats, I'm like, man, like, I just, you can't, it's hard to like summarize this stuff and make it make sense. Yeah. Other than to say, it just didn't make sense. It, it, the, only <laughs> thing that, the only thing that makes sense is that nothing makes sense. <laughs> oh, ooh, okay. We did it. I'm all sweaty now. Like I feel gross. Uh, Jake, what do you else want to tell the great friends of chargers unleashed listeners, viewers before we get out of here? I mean, I hope that this officially like closes the book. I know we're like three weeks before training camp and you know, there's not much football news. We're kind of just all waiting for this to get going to officially get excited for the 2023 NFL season. But I don't ever want to talk about stats like this ever again, as it relates to this team. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and you know what I'm honestly going to do is I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to use this as like, um, like I'm going to snap the line at a few times during training camp, during regular season, around these four or five bullets. Rushing offense, rushing defense, second half offense, red zone offense, and explosiveness. And what are they doing to combat these struggles? And if there isn't much, we got problems. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on. Come training camp. How is this running offense going? You can't really get much from rushing defense, honestly. Rushing's hard to get in preseason, or at least training camp. Maybe a little preseason. Red zone you can get. Explosiveness you can get. But, like, this stuff has to change. Um, Jake, I'm glad we're back. This has been fun. For Jake Hefter, you can find him at Jake D. Hefter, myself at DNW Sports. Uh, can't wait as the season continues. We have some fun things coming up, more giveaways to announce soon. Uh, special guests upcoming. Stay tuned there. Uh, training camp is just a few weeks away. We're so excited. <laughs> Dog days are almost over. Uh, Jake, it's been a pleasure. Talk to you soon, right, man? Sounds like a plan. Okay. Bye, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. Have a great rest of the afternoon, evening, and good night. We'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed.